Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody. You look good, guy. You look good. A little preview of maybe a sponsor on next week's podcast. Maybe some you can guess what we're wearing. Huh? If you're watching this YouTube, you might be able to tell. But uh, you got to be locked in on brands. But anyway, good. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. We got something coming on the show next week that we're excited about. This is a moment. The, the merch already came, so we're wearing it early. It's a good time. Also, you know what else is starting up, John? March Madness is here. And the madness has officially begun. Trust me, I've been watching. It's time for you to shoot your shot, score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Like Middlecoff actually did on Sunday, according to reports. Predict each winner of the MyBookie bracket contest for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a doodle NFT currently valued at over $50,000, and over $100,000 more in cash prizes. Yeah, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. What do we got all week, guy? We have conference tournaments. You know how fun those always. Those really get going around Wednesday, Thursday. Mm -hmm. We have the Players' Championship, biggest purse in the history of golf. We have, you know, if you feel like a gamble on the NBA, but college basketball is just better than the NBA right now. It's just, I don't even think it's comparable, to be honest with you. Uh, And I can't wait for this week. I mean, can Duke bounce back? North Carolina, what a freaking win. Coach K's last game, 96 of his former players. Average ticket price, 50 grand, and they win by 12. I mean, what a win. Uh, obviously, I mean, dude, that's they're going to try. Actually, they might not be bad value to just come back swinging in this conference tournament. I love when Coach K was like, we got space for one more banner. Everyone's like, yeah. He's like, I'm not talking about that banner. These guys won the ACC regular season <laughs> championship. Who do you like uh, in the Pac-12 conference tourney? UCLA? I like Arizona. You like Arizona? I like uh, uh, Kansas Baylor. Uh, that's about all. I, yeah, I haven't watched that much college basketball. I'd be lying if I told you I did, besides Duke, North Carolina. And a can't wait for the, there, the, but, the players' championship is this week. I mean, Scotty Shuffler, you got to figure, is going to be uh, Morikawa. Uh, one of the favorites. It, it's going to be a loaded field. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Get your gamble on. Go, go there, deposit right now. Promo code HAM1. Oh, we are a week away, guy. Week away from uh, March Madness. 68 yep. now? Uh, what, you, ca- you count those extra four games? What, uh, they do. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking out for player and game props, you can do it at MyBookie. Sign up today. Use the promo code HAM1 and earn free entry into the My Bracket Contest. Selections for the bracket officially begin on March 13th and close March 17th and noon. So make sure you get your deposit in now with HAM1 to secure that free entry. Bet Anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, John, can you feel the heat? Is, well, is, is USF going to make the tournament? I saw someone in the chat say that. Are they going to get three Hell teams yeah. in? The, the West Coast uh, Conference yeah. is going to get... That's They've been really remarkable. good all year. Uh, BYU's on the bubble. I, I haven't checked the latest bracketology, but um, USF beat them uh, on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. So BYU, play, BYU pulls a Notre Dame. They go, in, they go independent football, and then they join a conference for hoops. 
Yeah, <clears throat> which is why the WCC doesn't play any tournament games on Sunday in case BYU is uh, scheduled to play on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, USF right now listed his last four buys. Yeah, no, they've been good. So uh, that that uh, that was your your update bracketology. The uh, NFL Combine happened this weekend. Woo! <laughs> what a thrill! Nothing like the top story being a 343-pound man running a uh, 4.78 40-yard dash, which actually was pretty incredible, Jordan Davis. My favorite part of the Combine is without question the 40-yard dash when they put one guy's ghost over the ghost of Baker Mayfield and the ghost of Jameis Winston. That's the best part of the 40. That is one of the, I truly mean this. One of the best uses of technology in any sports broadcasting is the overlay of 40-yard dash runners. I don't think well, there's any question they, about it. They did, whenever the quarterback, so it might have been Thursday night, uh, Ritter, the kid from Cincinnati, ran a 4-4-9, which is pretty damn fast for a quarterback, right? And they did two or three of the quarterbacks, and they also put in Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes tweeted, like, if I could only run on this turf, because like the, they're acting like the turf's faster. And then they did that move with like Ritter, Kenny Pickett, and one other guy that was fast. Might have been like Michael Vick or something. And Mahomes finished last. And then the, the, the combine early on with the quarterbacks did a good job of going TNT using tweets. Yeah. Because then Mahomes tweeted like, you guys got to do me like that. And then a bunch of laughing <laughs> emojis. <laughs> did, 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 uh, did Mahomes run slower than Jordan Davis? Uh, yeah, he ran a 4-9, I think. Wow. Now, that's the thing. Like Mahomes, when you watch him play, he does not play slow. He's not like a fast runner, but he's definitely pretty, I would say, uh, light on his feet. Well, Red I would Ritter, also say, the kid from Cincinnati's pretty athletic. 4-4-9 is flying. Well, Cincinnati has an athletic team. But I would also say this. like I've watched now Patrick Mahomes' career, as all of us listening and watching the show have. When does he ever run straight line 40 yards? That's not what separates him, right? No. He can, he, but he's mobile. Yes, but he's very kind of, he's kind of Russell-esque, right? In the mobility, the patience. It's about setting you up. It's about angles. It's about. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Confidence. I'd say this guy runs pretty fast, straight. Josh Allen ran a four seven. I feel like Josh Allen plays like four four five eight four six zero. Josh Allen plays fast. Four seven. When I say four seven five, that just sounds like uh, Jordan Davis. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like when I watch Josh Allen, he's fucking hauling ass. Yeah. I agree. Part of it is collisions are so big, I think, that it feels like it was happening at a higher speed. You, you want to know what else, too? When you're a quarterback and you're trained to be a top 10 pick, you're not really worried about the 40 when you're these guys. Like, if you're Josh Allen, you're working your act. You're not worried about the 40. You, honestly, I would spend less than 2% of my time trading for the 40 if I were most court. Like, Kenny Pickett? Small hands. stretch out those hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan says, John, can you comment on the amount of le- athleticism in this year's draft? The speed is crazy. I mean, they had two top four all-time 40-yard dash times. God forbid you can trust the live TV broadcast because we're only can't. using lasers here. How, how are those times unofficial? I don't we, understand. You can't, and I saw I saw someone say that uh, Charlie Casserly, I don't know if he retired, but he was always the unofficial time for NFL Network. He has been replaced. Don't use your thumb. By, I thought you don't use your thumb. By Mark Ross. So they have a new hand timer. You know. Gotcha. Isn't the key on a hand time you don't use your thumb? You use an index finger. You know, if you tell me that, I haven't. I feel like thumbs are slow. I'm I'm so out of the loop. I, you know, I haven't timed in a long time. I feel like you told me that one time. You don't use your thumb. You use an index. It shows you how far removed I am. Maybe makes sense. Uh, Eight, John, count them. Eight defensive players from Georgia were at the combine. Eight. There's eleven on the field at once. Eight of them were at the combine. No secret how you win a national championship. I tweeted, guy. Georgia cracked the code. 
You just need to have every single guy on your team get drafted in the first two rounds on your defense, and you need Alabama's two best receivers to tear their ACLs. Boom, national championship. If you can produce a defense with unlimited first-round and second-round picks and have their two-star offensive players tear their ACLs, you can beat Alabama. The guy, I had we we had money on Alabama. Think how hard it was, how close that game was going into the fourth quarter, and how hard it is to beat Alabama and what Georgia's team actually is. That's fucking nuts. It is nuts. You're just trying to give yourself a chance. I mean, you're just trying to put yourself in the mix. Uh, also, oh, how about that? We got to talk about EJ Perry, John, who's shooting up draft boards among uh, front offices that are uh, heavily weight the broken glass theory. Um, this is the guy from Brown who was seen picking up trash from the benches post-combine, uh, the quarterback. Well, you know, the average person might not understand this, but, you know, the Kenny Pickett's, the Ritters, those type guys, they're invited to the combine like no different than Jordan Davis or Kayvon Thibodeau or, you know, Drake London, right? You also, those guys, you know when you're doing the gauntlet drill, <laughs> the wide receivers and DBs do it, where it's just like every two steps you get a ball thrown? Love that drill. Ken- Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter are not throwing that drill. And obviously, you know, Doug Peterson ain't down there with Matt Nagy throwing the drill. You invite guys like this who come as throwers. It's like, uh, you know, your bullpen catcher is not actually one of your 25-man rosters, like mm-hmm. the guy sitting mm-hmm. out there, He's mm-hmm. just, but he's like kind of on the squad. But he's not yeah. really on the squad. This guy, one. I think like four or five other guys, are just invited to throw drills, non-quarterback drills. So, like, Which, of course, you say yes there, to that. 100%. And what do you also do? Well, you got all these guys just sitting there. Why don't you go pick up some trash? Kind of genius. That was a, remember, remember the story Scott Pioli put a, a Snickers wrapper in the hallway of the Chiefs facility when he was the GM in Kansas City to see if anybody would pick it up? And when it went days without being picked up, he found that it was a, a representation of the lack of accountability in the building. Broken window theory. You break a window, you don't fix it, then another window's bound to be broken, and all of a sudden people stop caring about their habitat. Yeah. I don't know. Can so, you allowed to use the broken window theory in 2022? It feels like the, the progressives would push back against that one. What would be the I, argument against broken window theory? Just like it's being too mean to people that break windows and live. With, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't, who knows? I don't think it's an issue. I, I, oh, no, I love the broken window theory because it's true. Did you see the viral video about uh, Malik Willis? Who, you know, I, I when, you're, when you go to the combine, players, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when you went to the tour championship and like Taylor made and ping and everyone's just there giving out shit to all the players, like all, all everyone, Nike, Adidas, everyone's there. Because a lot of these guys have not signed deals, right? So they're there, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, handing you bags of stuff. I mean, these players leave the combine with so much stuff they don't even know what to do with. So he walks out of, I think he had a bag of Nike stuff and a homeless person sitting there. Yeah. And he just started handing them stuff. Now, it was pretty clear, like, I don't think he, you know, the guy filming him was like across the street inside a coffee shop, right? He was just walking down the road in Indianapolis. I hate that I even think this, right? Like, if you – so many viral videos are fake videos. I'm not saying this is fake. I'm not saying it all. But it did cross my mind, like, did his, did his agent just, you know, get it to look fake, whatever? Again, I, I don't think that's what happened. But I just – I want to be transparent and honest. I'm a sick person. I've been on the internet for a long, it, it long time. It crossed my mind, too. It crossed my mind, too. You have to just be on your toes at all times. You're not getting me. 
I the guy that did tweet it, I'm pretty sure was a media member. But how do you know that the agent's not front of that media member tells him to go there? Hey, man, I'll give you a story. You know, boom, boom. Bada, but we bang. would never suggest that that is what happened. We're not saying that, John. You just yeah, I just think it's people. in 2022, the Internet, you always got to have your one thing he has going for him is he's widely known as a high character guy. Like, I'm a big believer is that I get this one bum outside this one seven eleven I go to when I pick up this bistro. Sometimes let's go get some sodas or whatever. And the bum will ask me for change. And, you know, I don't want any credit, but I'm not going to give you money to go buy drugs or alcohol. But I will I go, hey, <laughs> do, do you want, you know, water or Snickers? And I'm like, yeah, I want a Coke and I'll fucking take some M&Ms. Be like, no problem. <laughs> but, you know, you, just, nice. you, I, give out, yeah. you just give out a cash. You know, they can, you know, get the wrong stuff with it. I, there was a guy that had a coffee shop probably like a month ago, and it was late and it was kind of cold. And I was like, "Can I get you coffee?" He's like, "Honestly, everyone gets me coffee. Could you get me an ice cold soda?" I was like, "I mean, it's fifty two degrees out here and it's sundown, but yeah, I'll happily get you an ice cold soda. Whatever, sometimes yeah, you want what you want. Sometimes soda hits the spot." Jake said, "Malik looked good throwing." Um, uh, so here, here was one of my combine kind of thoughts is just one question that I would have from a trade market standpoint as it relates to say Jimmy Garoppolo or actually not say Jimmy Garoppolo, literally Jim, only Jimmy Garoppolo is who I was thinking about Denver at nine, Washington, at 11, Minnesota, at 12, the saints at 18, Pittsburgh at 20, 2018, you know, where the saints and the Steelers are feels like a good spot in this draft. If you want a quarterback, like if you're at nine and you're Denver, you don't want to be drafting a quarterback at nine in this draft. Do well, you? Again, they passed on quarterbacks last year at, at eight. Now they're going to take worse quarterbacks at nine. Makes you, you can't. I, honestly, I don't think you can take any of these quarterbacks in the first round. But as we know, that's not really the way it works. I, no. I don't think any of these quarterbacks were the first round grade. Um, you know, K- K- guy Kenny Pickett is known as like a poor man's Mac Jones. Think about that. And Mac Jones went fifteenth in a loaded draft. Right. It's. You you start you know you start paying three four x on your gone third. dollar. Yeah, could have could have would have shoulda. Nobody said shoulda, John. Nobody said shoulda. Would have had riots around these parts. Nobody said shoulda. Uh, Solomon Jets on the stream says, speaking of high character, I want Jermaine Johnson over Kayvon. I see. I don't think Kayvon is viewed as low as poor character. Um, I think there are questions about like you know the questions that have been out there, which he addressed. Does he does he love football? Does he play hard? All that kind of stuff. He benched 225 27 times, which is good. Wayne's well, got long ass arms. I think it's really good. Really good because long arms make it harder to bench, right? He needs more power. Oh, there you go. Uh, he ran a 459 40 yard dash. Aiden Hutchinson, not long arms, ran a 474. I saw Bucky Brooks, who was a big part of the coverage. And I, where's Bucky from? I. Do you know where Bucky's went from? To, went to North Carolina. I think he he lives in L.A. now, but I, you know, I, like I would Bucky's guess the voice. South. I mean, I've listened to him and DJ a lot, and I just I like Bucky's voice. I noticed him a lot on the coverage. Um, but uh, he had him going third in his mock draft. He's from Raleigh. He's got uh, Aiden Hutchinson going second, and he's got Kayvon going third. I don't know. You look at him on this field, and there's some adults on that field, but he, he belongs. I mean, I – I don't know. Where's your feeling I, I, right now? I think I think there's no chance he goes third because uh, the Texans. I, I just I think Kyle Hamilton is going third. His comp is a little bit Jadavion Clowney, uh, and I think if you could redo the draft, Clowney'd be you know probably the 15th overall pick in his draft or something. He would not be the number one overall pick, let alone a top ten pick. Uh, but you know the Texans once upon a time did take Clowney number one overall, and it was clear a couple years in. You know. 
they regretted it. <laughs> Again, yeah. not because he was that bad. Like one thing's clear, Kayvon is not going to suck. To me, his floor is really, really high. Would you agree on that? Yeah, you might end up paying a little more than the production you get for him, though, in free agency, right? But no, he is a productive player. I mean, if you redid that draft right now, which is an incredible draft, it's Khalil Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Luan, Odell, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald goes one. Mack goes two. Um, well, wouldn't you say Khalil and Clowney are just completely way better players than Clowney, right? I mean, they're in different universe. Obviously, in yeah, Donald's a bigger yeah. universe than Do- Donald and Mac. Khalil. Yeah, so so Donald goes one, Khalil Mack goes two, Mike Evans goes three. I mean, Odell would go really high. I remember, he was so good young. He got hurt. But Derek Carr goes four? Yeah, I mean, Carr would probably go ahead of Evans. Carr and Jimmy would go to the top ten. Taylor right. Luan, uh, Odell, yeah, I mean, Zach Clowney's Martin. Not, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a top, going. but but my point, like, Clowney's probably still a top ten pick. Yeah, no, I think we'd go to the second round. There's some probably in third round. There's some other players in this. Uh, I don't know, Devonte Adams. <laughs> if you, yeah. if you like, if that's your cup of tea. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, Alan I think Clowney has a. But I, I, like when you do, I'm I, not acting. Like, I'm not acting like Clowney's going 28 here. I'm just saying like. You, you would talk if you know the evidence, like the way we're talking right. about it now, we'd have to dive through all the rounds because I bet there's some other Devonte type guys in like the fifth. Right. And just other guys that you just again, he is and Cl- guy. Clowney was a better prospect than Kayvon Thibodeau coming out of college. Uh, yeah. So it's he's just a polarizing guy, not in the worst way. Again, you're just you nitpick top prospects guy. We nitpicked. Justin Fields and Mac Jones last year, right? I mean, it's part of the part And this of the year's course. draft doesn't have really the quarterbacks to nitpick. Somebody else is getting nitpicked, and it's pass rushers. Yeah. But I'd say, wouldn't you say Kayvon would get nitpicked in just about any draft? Because he'd be a highly valued prospect, no matter loaded draft, non-loaded draft. Even last year, Kayvon is still in the mix for a top-ten pick in last year's draft. Yeah. Right? Seems like he's the... Uh, most picked apart player right now at the top of this draft. Well, but he he's brought a little bit upon himself talking about brand and talking about Clowney and yeah, I'm not saying it's good. Or, I, I I'm not saying it's where it came from. I'm just saying he's probably at the top of the list right now. Of I'd be very like if you said to me, okay, you can go ask 32 teams what they think about the meetings they had with a guy. I'd cave on probably be number one on my list of players. I'd want to hear what they think. I agree. Well, I think part of the what makes any player "quote unquote" polarizing because I think Mac Jones was really polarizing last year is when you can talk to one team and be like, "I'd take him in the top five. You talk to another team, like I probably wouldn't touch him high. Yeah, I, I just highly think that that creates polarization because uh, there are some teams last year with Mac Jones who would be like, I, "I wouldn't have touched him." Yeah, and other teams considered him for the top three. Now, the difference between Mac and Kayvon, like Kayvon is a more physically gifted player at his position than Mac Jones is at his position. Kayvon yeah. has high-end athletic sk- length, straight-end speed. He's powerful. Like, I'm, I'm a Kayvon skeptic, and I by no means think he's not going to be a good player. Right? If he gets the right deal, can you imagine how good he would be with the Niners guy? Because forever, look at Eric. Right, it was like, oh, Armstead, he's just kind of laissez-faire, and then he gets with Chris Kacerik, and you're like, Jesus, Eric Armstead. Yeah, you know? yeah, good point. Good point. Feels like it's going to be a big week for big name quarterbacks whose names start with R: Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. 
Uh, Rap Sheet said that wa- his his report was Washington made a strong offer for Russ, and Seattle said no. Russell has veto power. Mike Florio's theory, John, is that the leak on that trade offer was strategic by Seattle as a way to send a signal to other teams that you can call us. Remember, you sent me a clip last week of John Schneider saying, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't listen to phone calls. And when asked about trading Russ, Pete Carroll said, we have no intention of trading him. Guy, did you uh, hear in that clip when like Bob Condotta clearly just like cornered him in the hallway of a hotel? <clears throat> he mentioned three different instances when his phone was blown up last year when they listed the four teams. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, around the trade deadline. <laughs> it's like, I don't remember that. And then clearly right now. So like yep. his phone, like I would say that he has like Aaron, if Aaron had never brought up, I want to get traded and it just I'm a Packer, like I just kind of acted like, I guess, Russ, there would not be that like Aaron put it out there. Russell kind of has flown under the radar and people like smell blood in the water to me on Russell. Now, I guess Russ did put it out. His agent did last year with the four teams. But clearly, John Schneider's not telling people stop calling. No, not at all. As for Aaron, there was, uh, you know, there have been a variety of reports over the last few days. Do you think if they, let's just say hypothetically, they both get traded by the end of the week? Are they traded for the same? I mean, one guy's 32, the other guy's 37 years old. I mean, there's a one guy's the MVP, the other guy, there's a Russell, there's a question about whether or not he's played his best football. I mean, so you, would they just get traded for this? Like you just two, three ones and a two or something? Well, let's say one of them, whoever pick one, pick one gets traded first for three ones and two twos. Let's Rogers, just say let's Friday say it's, to okay. Denver. Rogers Friday, Denver, three ones and two twos. What, you're the Giants. Do you think you can get Russell Wilson cheaper than Aaron? Three ones. What would that be? Okay, let's say you think you can. So what's your offer then that you think would get him? Three ones and one well, two? To me, well, two, to me, if I'm Seattle, ones? the only way I give them to you is for the same minimum. I'd be like, that's the baseline if you want them. Yeah, I'm not taking two ones. No. And and by the way, if you want to trade me three ones and one two for Russ, you'll give me your second two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if that's what it takes, if the only thing yeah. standing between you getting Russell Wilson and not is a second, second round pick, you're going to trade the second, second round pick. Can you imagine if those two <clears throat> and somehow Deshaun Watson all get traded and like nine first round picks get traded in a week span? By different teams. And then Jimmy goes for gets cut. <laughs> I could have imagined they'll, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've we've been saying cutting's on the table. We were a little off with our. I mean, it's a lot of we're not contract negotiators. That oh yeah, know, that no, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that as it relates to Jimmy. We can. There was the report. Uh, I think Biederman was the first guy I say I saw or you said that you saw. No double dipping, it. guy. No double dipping. Yeah. No, uh, no, there is offset language. So Jimmy gets cut seven and a half million. Somebody else signs him. You don't have to worry about the seven and a half million if you're the 49ers. Um, Rap Sheet also said that uh, Aaron's torn right now on what to do. I saw Jeremy Fowler wrote a thing, talking to a bunch of people at the combine. And one of the things he wrote, did you see this? He was talking to a Packer official. Everything was going fine in the conversation. He brought up Roger's name. And he, as he wrote, no exaggeration, the person turned around and walked away without saying another word to me. So we'll see what Pat McAfee show investor Aaron Rodgers has to say maybe this week. But see, he's not a weekly guest in the offseason because he showed up the one week and then last week he wasn't on. Like, Do you expect to see him this week? Because I would say I'd be 50-50 on it. I do not. I actually would be 70-30. He does not show up. I mean, if... If Aaron wants to be traded, would the Pat McAfee show be the place to announce it? 
I think he would do it first, and then maybe he would go on. But I could also see him going on. Like, obviously, if Wednesday or Thursday he wants to come on, they will have him on. Yes. I, I also saw that people have been sniffing around Matt Ryan because they feel like, you know, if you're the commanders or whatever, like, just go to the next place if you can't get one of these top guys. Matt Ryan is set to have the biggest cap hit in the history of the league at $48 million this year. Forty-eight, But but they're torn. They don't want to, right, do you just take it this year on the chin and then next year figure it out because you can cut them next year for dead cap like $15 million. And what's you just, don't want to you don't want to move money around and push it back like you did with the D four yeah. type deal, right? So you just wait two years of just forty eight million cap hit, forty dead cap, but you only but you're only paying them twenty three million. So it, it it costs you less money to keep them on your roster. Costs you less. It just it well it costs you it costs you like the guy cutting it, but in terms of building yeah. your team, I mean he's taken if the salary cap is around two hundred million. That's a quarter of your salary cap, a quarter in yeah. one guy. Wow! Yikes! And if you're and if you're Arthur Smith trying to get your coaching career off the ground, your head coaching career off the ground. Luckily, Arthur Blank tends has a history of patience, but maybe it's the year that you do draft a quarterback if you're them, and just try to have that person ready. Did they draft one? I don't think they did. No, no, they took and have that guy ready. Trade for Jordan Love. Um, so I, I still think Aaron Rodgers stays put. I don't know. Like if unless she's what is he doing? Building up, building up the willingness, the courage to tell Green Bay I want out. I honestly I'm I'm over it. I'm exhausted with it. I I I, I don't have a great feel. I, I won't be shocked if he demands out. I, I I kind of expect him to stay, but I don't feel great about that. I, I don't know. Well, and then you kind of feel like Seattle. that Packer exec. Like I'm just fucking just. We can't take this anymore, man. <laughs> and then if you're Seattle, you're not. While you're fielding calls, you are not motivated to trade Russell unless somebody hits you over the head with an incredible offer, right? So yeah. you're kind of. You could argue. I'm not going to say you're selling low on Russ, but he could have a bounce back year. And but you're not. But you're. But but you're selling. You're still going to get. You know, yeah, I three know. ones and two. You're going to get a pay to premium, so you, you're selling still at a high. Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like oceanfront property, whether it's a recession or whether the fucking market's boom. It's a or whether the house deal. is beautiful or a total fixer upper. It's still, you know, yeah. overlooking Pebble Beach. Um, but I do think with the league year beginning, I, I did a uh, we 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 love it's our favorite NFL word consummate. When you do a quick uh you know definition search of the word consummate like it is specifically a sexual act to seal a deal like con- consummate does not <laughs> consummate is not like i mean that's according to you know a quick uh according to webster like any good 11th grade paper starts like if you when you look up the word consummate webster says let's start guy let's start consummating some deals i'm ready yeah well, uh, let's do it. By the way, you want to find uh, you time. Speaking of making deals, John, you got to find deals for yourself. You got to find the people to help you make deals, and you got to <clears throat> and you got to do that at indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. But right now, you get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ham. No matter how your last game went, <clears throat> Duke. Anytime you take the court or the field, you've got a shot of greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Guy, Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications and meet your must-have requirements 
or else you don't have to pay. Indeed's partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like instant match, assessments, and virtual interviews. It has everything right on Indeed. You use the uh, Indeed.com slash ham. You find the candidate you want. You find some people to interview. Boom. You start building your business. It's very easy. We're helping you out. No big deal. Short list of candidates. Okay? Quality candidates. The second you sponsor a post. Immediately. And you only pay for the quality applications that have your must-have requirements. So Indeed is a great way to hire talent, according to Comscore. Indeed is number one job site worldwide when it comes to hiring. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. And when you join Indeed, you join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash ham to claim your $75 job credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash H-A-M. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM. 
H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. John, the uh, 49ers hired Brian Greasy oh, ho, ho, as their quarterback coach. Brian Greasy has not been a coach before. Mike Shanahan drafted Brian Greasy in 1988, and Brian Greasy played for 98. him. F- 98, thank you. And Brian Greasy played for him five years in Denver. Then he went to Miami where his offensive coordinator, do you know his offensive coordinator was in Miami? Was a Niner OC once upon a time. <clears throat> Norv Turner. Okay, okay. Then he goes to Tampa in 2004, 2005. Groot. Where... John Gruden's the head coach, and the quality control coach is Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Then he goes to the Bears in 06 and 07, where the head coach is Lovey Smith. Yeah, it doesn't really help us here. The <laughs> offensive coordinator, side note, Ron Turner, who was once the head coach at San Jose State, was the head coach at Illinois, who had worked as the OC in Chicago earlier, where the defensive coordinator was a man named Bob Slowick, senior, right? Juniors on Kyle's staff. Um, and Ron Turner actually trivia question is the guy that followed Mario Cristobal at FIU. I, again, I, I was, I went diving for connections. Didn't really find any. Then he goes back to Tampa in 08, a staff that has John and Jay Gruden and Gus Bradley and Sean McVay and Raheem Morris. Then he retired after that year and eventually goes to ESPN and then Monday night football. And now into the 49ers quarterback room. Yeah, to me, the connections, obviously, when the dad drafts him, I mean, Mike Shanahan, well, he's not quote-unquote officially on Kyle's staff. He's unofficially on Kyle's staff, and Kyle leans on him heavily. But Kyle was around this human being, right? Because when Kyle was a quality control guy, you're essentially the offensive coordinator's assistant. Well, the offensive coordinator was the head coach in John Gruden. Well, Brian Greasy was, you know, John Gruden's baby are his quarterbacks. So Kyle would have spent a lot of time around that guy. I think it's fair to say that they have known each other, the family. You know, Kyle knew him even before that, and then they got to spend literally a year together with Kyle. And don't you imagine the last couple of years, like, they talked when they did all these Monday night games, right? I, I, you know, does this happen without Monday night football and them kind of, I don't want to say rekindling, but just having some conversations, spending some time around each other? Y- you never know. I was, I told you this before we hopped on, my first year in Philly, Doug Peterson was hired. Now, it's a little different because Doug, if you remember, he retired, was off for a little bit, and then he started coaching like high school in Louisiana. So he kind of got to scratch his itch to like be a high school coach. And I think he even said at the time, I was cool just doing that. I had made money. Like It wasn't like Andy calls him, and he just jumped in. But here's the thing. When you're a quarterback, I'd say more than most positions, when you jump back in, and I, Doug had to start, 
he had to be the quality control guy for a year before he got to be the quarterback coach. <clears throat> but you know what you're getting into. You know it's not like, well, I just get to work uh, high school hours. Like he's, you're diving in to be the quarterback coach. You don't get to, even if you're rich or you had a sweet life before that, you're expected to work just like a normal worker, right? Yeah. Like w- when Welker got into coaching, Welker just didn't get to work wide receiver hours, right? He had to work wide receiver coaching hours. So right. I-, I respect, and I've said this about John Lynch, I said this about Doug when he got involved. Now, obviously, <clears throat> I'd say Brian Greasy, like Doug Peterson, you have <laughs> a major leg up, right? It took the LaFleurs of the world and McDaniels. I mean, those guys did the coaching equivalent of digging ditches for years. If things go well for Brian Greasy, like if I told you Brian Greasy is a five a head coach in five years, is that inconceivable? Just it, 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 you just got name, you got momentum. It's like, what if you know? But he could be the OC for Kyle in two years. Yeah, not, not inconceivable. I would bet against that right now, but not inconceivable. I mean, because if I if I said no, John, that's not. If I said that's inconceivable, you'd say really name works for Shanahan, offensive coach. Quarterback knows people. How is that not going to? How is that guy potentially not getting an opportunity? Football family. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean that's the other thing. I wonder. I don't know this, but a couple of guys born in the late mid forties, early fifties from the Midwest, right? Mike Shanahan and Bob Greasy know each other. Mike would have been scouting Brian when Bob Bob would have been there, right? At Michigan, Bob was calling some of Bob called Michigan's Rose Bowl. So I, I mean, there's no doubt that Mike Shanahan and Bob Greasy know each other on some level. I don't know how well, but there's two ways to look at it, right? I mean, he's getting into coaching, quote unquote, late. He's not that old, you know. It's not like 46. he's 50. He's 46. Yeah, he's not, young. not young, but uh, you know, I, I for, first of all, to your point, respect the willingness to dive into that work ethic. Um, probably well, he's taking, he's taking a pay football, cut. Yeah, and with Monday Night Football looking like. It's going to go to somebody else, and he's not well, he, going to be back on it. He's, he's has, has that been officially announced? <clears throat> no, but he's Brian yeah. Greasy and Lewis Riddick are not coming back. I think that. Yeah. So I, I, you know, if you if you use the last time ESPN demoted somebody from Monday Night Football as an example, Sean McDonough just went back to college football. I could see Brian Greasy going. I did college football. I jumped up to the NFL where there's half as many players, and I know them all by looking at their face, and I don't have to. It's just it's easy. It's the NFL. I'm not going back to, you know, we do some great games at ABC, me and Steve Levy, but I'm not going back to Waco for Baylor, Oklahoma, when um, I just did Monday Night Football. Maybe now's the time to jump and try something else. I think it is a little bit, I think it can be an indication of what coaches think of certain position jobs, positional jobs by who they hire. Like, Kyle hired somebody extraordinarily inexperienced at coaching to be his QB coach. Now, Brian Greasy played quarterback in the NFL at a high level, but he has not coached before. He did something very different when he hired a running back, run game coordinator in Anthony Lynn, right? He hired somebody who he can leave alone. He knows he cannot knock on Anthony's door Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And when they get together for practice on Wednesday, Anthony Lynn's going to have a run game ready to roll for him. Was the run game coordinator for the number one offense a decade ago with the Jets and Rex Ryan? You know, with those two Mark Sanchez teams. Like, he's running, and, and he's, you're right, he's coached for a decade and a half or whatever. You never got the sense that Kyle put a lot, that that Rich Scangarello, while he was an assistant, maybe he was more Kyle's assistant than he was an assistant coach with a lot of responsibility. Why does everyone hate Rich Scangarello? I don't know. No, I don't hate Rich Scangarello at all. Not, I'm but just I just feel like the Rich body, he was just a nobody. Well, you said it like months ago. You don't think he was any good. No, I did. I did. But it just it just feels like that momentum of just Rich. It, it, here's the one thing. 
People act like Rich going to Kentucky was like, this guy just went to coach uh, Davis High School. No, like, you're Kentucky right. pays a million dollars. That is you're not right. a bad job. You're right. Right? Like, like ultimately, was Rich forced out? May, I mean, maybe. Like, Hightower factually forced out. You, you do not leave the Niners for the Bears. Embry fired. Like, all these coaches, I, I saw David Lombardi act like all these coaches actively left. No, McDaniel actively left. Hightower got fired. Quote unquote, he left, right? Embry Reassigned. fired. Reassigned. Well, 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 I think it's fair to say Welker, you know, maybe w- could have come back, maybe didn't. I think there were some reports they, they kind of butted heads throughout the season. That, that one's a little more up in the air. This one, even if Rich wasn't allowed back, his job, I think most people leave to go to the Kentucky Wildcats as Kyle's quarterback coach if they're not going to be the OC the next year. Yeah, I mean, get more money that, and, you get, and you get to call plays. Which I think is an indication of the level of responsibility, financial respect, real respect, whatever that you had. I did take a shot at Rich because I'd heard that. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not taking a shot at him. I'm just saying I think Kyle hiring an inexperienced coach as his quarterback coach tells us that Kyle does a lot of the work there. And it, it's a good spot to go learn from Kyle. Victor on the stream says it's it's it, people are confusing it with a technique coach. That's not his job. I think it's an interesting point, too. A good point, too, right? Uh, as somebody said earlier in this, you sent him to John Beck for his uh, for his footwork. I I don't think I the story I had heard about Scangarello is Scangarello was with the Niners, and then he went to go work with the Eagles and Doug Peterson. The guy that told me the story was on an elevator. Kyle Shanahan on the elevator. Doug and Rich get on the elevator. Rich had just left the Niners to go to the Eagles. He said we rode up like five or six levels. We were on the elevator for at least twenty seconds. Rich, who just came from the Niners, standing there with Doug and Kyle, they never said a word. He's like, I thought we just hired this guy. We thought we were getting a Kyle disciple, and they didn't even talk. He's like, it was a little bizarre. But he came <laughs> back. But then he did come back. They're all represented by the same guy. Look, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. But I, I, all I'm saying is I think it tells us Kyle handles a lot of whatever that person's responsibility is. And I think your job is more to assist Kyle than it is to go do whatever it is that you do. And that's okay. That's that's a lot of positions are like that, especially when you're jumping into coaching. It's hard to find a spot like the one that the 49ers had available for Brian Greasy. What about he just kind of acting like, uh, you know, somewhat of a confidence coach to a young quarterback, <clears throat> a guy that's played in the NFL, who was, you know, started in the NFL for a long time, who I would say, like Kyle Shanahan, NFL lifer. This guy's dad... Last I checked, was the quarterback of the undefeated team. Is am I right on that? That's where I know the yeah. father from. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the quarterback in the heyday for Don Shula and the Miami Dolphins, and then his son became not his dad, but still pretty damn good. Like, is he there more? Like, I don't fully expect him to show him how to manage shortening his release, but just how to be a pro every day. Like when I see Brian Greasy, having not know that much about the guy personally. I assume high-level guy, first in, last out type guy as a player, high-level pro. You know, I mean, I, he just seems like what they ultimately want. <clears throat> and I'm not saying Trey doesn't have naturally some of these things, but to hammer home to Trey to be like. And you just get like maybe he thinks that Brian can bring something that Rich couldn't to Trey. Uh, Patrick on the stream, like a veteran quarterback does, backup, like a veteran backup quarterback does. Trey just got to see it with Jimmy, right? He he got to see it for a year live. And now Jimmy is going to be gone. 
So now you have a guy. I still think you bring in a quarterback because what I think coaches always say this high school. I mean, mainly college and the pro high school, probably less that like my message can only go so far. I need players like when players take ownership of their locker room where you ultimately like a coach can only from a scheme perspective, they can take you to the moon or not. Right. Kyle can dial Andy. These guys can dial up plays. But in terms of just every day working and just motivating motivation and study habits and stuff, I still believe you need like a Mariota, you know, a, a high-level, high-character you know, character guy around Trey. That never hurts. Who also, at the moment's notice, can help you win a game or two, right? right, right. I remember Brett Veach, his big thing when they traded Alex was, we are hiring a married quarterback. The like GM that, of the Chiefs. Yeah, we are going to hire a quarterback who is married. Because maturity around Patrick Mahomes, he just saw Alex, we are not taking a downgrade. And they hired Chad Henney who, Michigan guy, just high-level guy. Married, kids, very serious. Takes this job. I also think once you become, quote-unquote, the backup, isn't there probably some perspective of, like, aren't that many of these jobs in the real world that pay five, right, six million dollars? Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, I don't get hit. Uh, I get to eat all year for free, work out, and just throw some passes. <laughs> like, it's... You could argue... But, you need a, but, but to your point, you need a guy who's willing to accept that part of his job is to help the other guy keep him on the bench. Yeah, that, that to me, I, I think Mariota fits. If Mariota's going to stay a backup, I, I think he, boom. Because part of your offense is going to be a much more mobile offense with Trey. Like, I, I would rather have Mariota than Trubisky <clears throat> if I'm going to pay five, six millions. I mean, Mariota was just making three well, million. The word is Trubisky's going to get 10. Which to me feels a little agent driven. Like, we watched Trubisky play, you know. <laughs> yeah, part of it <laughs> is like, years. we got to watch this whole thing shake out, but. You know where guys end up, but I agree with you. I mean, but Andy, if I told you right now, you get a, if you you get a backup for five million dollars, backup Trubisky or backup Mariota, who's guy Haberman picking? I'm taking Mariota. <clears throat> I am too. Yeah. The, the risky part, like when you do a Chad Henney type deal, they basically just said we're putting all our chips in the middle of the table on Mahomes. I don't know if you, the Kyle wants to do that quite yet, because <laughs> you get Chad Henney, it might only cost you one million dollars. You know, whoever that equivalent is, right? Th- that guy that's out there. Hell, Chad Henney might be a free agent for all that. You, like, you can find Chad Henney. Do you want to get slightly better, but another guy that's just cool with being a backup? Like, ultimately, Trubisky went to go backup Josh more to, like, resurrect his value than just to, like, I'm a backup for life, right? Right, right. Chad Henney went to Mahomes, like, I'm cool with being a backup here for the, the rest of my... They've told him, like, and he's told people, like, I want to retire a chief. <laughs> I mean, Trubisky probably thought, I mean, this guy takes some big hits. This team's pretty good. If I had to play, all you really need as a backup is to play a game and play it well. And then, you know, it happened with Mariota. And then your stock kind of goes back up. Maybe Trubisky, you know, calculated spot. <clears throat> like, where, if I end up in a game, do I look good? That's part of what I'd be thinking I, about as a backup. And I don't know this guy's physical situation, but I'd have no problem if Ryan, if you get Ryan Fitzpatrick for three, four million dollars coming off the injury to be the backup, if he's cool with being the backup, and they've sometimes he's not. Problem with know? Fitz is he's like too good. The but second cool you lose two games and he throws a bunch of he slices and dices your defense. Shanahan goes to I don't want I don't want to tempt Shanahan with Fitzpatrick. Well, that's the problem that the fans wouldn't get tempted. Kyle would. <laughs> like the word is that. Fitzpatrick threw eight touchdowns and no picks in practice on Tuesday. We're running the scout team. Um, like, I've never had a guy pick up my offense in 37 hours. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned, uh, although it'd be, you know, use check, Harvard guys. You mentioned um, the uh, 
you mentioned just kind of being a sort of de facto backup quarterback for Greasy. Other ways that Greasy can help Trey. I think there's been a lot of questions I've seen the last few days, and a f- few people have sat in the chat or DM'd it. Like, does Brian Greasy know how to work with a dual threat quarterback? Which I don't really think is what he's. I don't think you necessarily need that. You don't need mobile quarterbacks to work with mobile quarterbacks. Although I think there are some benefits to it. I think what the 49ers, if we just listen to some of what's been said and whispered and insinuated over the last few weeks and months, it's about figuring out how to read defenses, how to run an offense, how to run a team, how to do what Kyle wants and do it efficiently. Kyle Shanahan last year played the quarterback that he believed would at least as closely to what he said, be able to execute what he said. And that was Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the reason Jimmy Garoppolo played. We all know it wasn't because he has a stronger arm than Trey. It wasn't because he's faster than Trey. It wasn't because they have more invested in him than Trey. Right? It's none of those things. He, he was the quarterback because he understood how to run the offense. That is the primary value, or that's the primary job for Brian Greasy, is to make sure Trey Lance can run the offense. But I also think, like, whether just because Brian Greasy was a quote unquote pocket non mobile quarterback doesn't mean like the, the Patriots had Tom Brady forever and then they went to get Cam Newton because they wanted a guy to be more mobile. Right. Well, I Kyle mean, the, wasn't a quarterback, let alone no, a mobile and Kyle, quarterback. <laughs> and Kyle had, he went from Jimmy Garoppolo to Kirk Cousins to Matt Ryan to then went to get Trey Lance. Like, part of it is, no, I have other plays. I heard Tom Telesco on uh, DJ's pod. And uh, over the weekend, like Lance was filling in for him and they would just have like random. They had a lot of players on it, you know, from the combine. But one thing Telesco said when they drafted Herbert is one thing Anthony Lynn, whose who's, uh, history was all non-mobile quarterbacks, was like he really wanted a guy that just had some mobility. Wouldn't you say most offensive people now think mobility and quarterback? No one's going like, find me the next Tom Brady. Like, yeah, they want Tom Brady, the mindset, the QB, the TB12, the focus with like Josh Allen's legs. Well, Brian Creasy's like walking in the QB room going, if only this guy couldn't run, then I'd be able to work with him. Loser. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I really think he's coming in, you know, much, much more for the mindset, being around the guy as just, uh, Honestly, Brian Greasy from the outside, just knowing him from TV, it's the only I've, I've never met him in person or anything. Feels like a pretty positive guy. Yeah, I enjoy him. Feel like TV? positive vibes. He does. He does. I, I never felt like he was the guy that tears down players while he's doing a broadcast, which doesn't necessarily. I don't want to oversimplify it here, but um, I always enjoyed him. And I I think on the most basic level, it's a person that Kyle trusts. Right. That's the simplest way I think we could start. What's his first most important quality? Kyle Shanahan trusts him and values him. Yeah, I agree. I'd be really, I can't wait to hear him talk at some point about, about why, why he's back. But um, I don't, you know, he, how many Monday night games do the Niners play? Do they play a Saints, I mean, a a Rams Monday night game? They played the Rams one this year where they beat the shit out of them. They played last year, the Buffalo Bills game. They played. I mean, I bet they played three at minimum over the last two years, if not four. Uh, uh, Brian Greasy knows what Kyle Shanahan thinks of Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I would imagine they became much. They rekindled the relationship if they if they weren't you know buddies already. When I say buddies, like you know, consistently text. I would imagine when he got the job, one guy, one family that he ran ideas off of during the week when he was were the Shanahan family. <laughs> 
when you when he got what wait wait when he got what job when he got the Monday night job oh, part yeah. of like when yeah. you get a job like that and you need to you know reingratiate yourself to just the schemes and the stuff I'd imagine the Shanahan family and the Gruden family were people he texted a lot about NFL information right right yeah but I would just I my guess is that he thinks that working with Trey Lance is a cool opportunity yeah I mean John Lynch turned down like eighty million dollars to stay being around Trey Lance. There's also this former Tom Brady teammate, Brian Greasy. Is he there to replace Wes Welker as the Brady whisperer? Some have suggested this photo has been it, flying around. If you're, if you're uh, listening have, to this pod, here's the photo guy. I've had several text messages, um, group text message theories. You know, obviously we threw out last week about the potential dinner meeting. What if the dinner meeting had a third person and it was Brian Greasy, Kyle Shanahan and Tom Brady. You know, and, and again, I, I don't know how close Tom Brady and Brian Greasy <clears throat> are, but it's it's not nothing, right? To me, it's not nothing. The team photo. A long time ago. Long, All you long need time to, ago. And who knows how, I mean, I would imagine they, I don't know how in touch they've been over the years, right? It's not like Greasy's been doing Monday Night Football for 10 years and that they've had plenty of opportunity to be back together. They did several um, Tampa Bay games over the last couple of years. That's true. The last two years, right? Is that how long this one night crew has been together? Two years? No. Yeah. More than that. Two. Two. Oh, yeah. Booger. Because Booger, Booger got a year. Forgot. Remember when Witten came back to the Raiders? Yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> Witten's like, I'm going back to the NFL to play. <laughs> like, a lot of guys bounce back to the league, you coaching or playing, because they're like, you're not firing me. <laughs> Uh, I don't put a lot. Of, I don't put a lot into this. Although, if somehow Brady ended up back on the 49ers uh, or on the 49ers, that would be incredible. There is. I don't think there's much belief out there that that Brady's relationship with Greasy is like, say, his relationship with Welker. Right? Let's just say Welker wasn't on the team and Greasy was. I I don't know. I'd be interested. Would Would Greasy be the one Brady went through to talk to Kyle? That would surprise me a little bit. There's not a lot about it. You've gotten through this portion of the book. The Seth Wickersham book, It's Better to Be Feared. There's not a lot about it in there about their relationship other than, you know, Greasy was ahead of Tom in, at Michigan. Greasy was, what, two, one year older or two years older? I think one year older. But, um, you know, Tom's kind of battles came with Drew Henson later, I think, more so than than with Brian Greasy. So I, I don't know. I, been, I, I think he would have been two years older because what year did he come out? 98. Or 99 because Tom 98 so, draft so 97 was his last year at Michigan because Tom, Tom 98 99 he played at Michigan right he played as a junior or senior yeah so his, his freshman year was 96 and Greasy's was 95 to me it's less like obviously this picture is kind of funny and it's more about the Tom Brady speculation about him coming back has not only not died I would say it kind of ratcheted up last week of a lot of people think he, this guy is not done they're only like the 49ers are the number one team on the, ever, his option list. They make well, only one. the most yeah. sense yeah. for him to win, for him to play in front of his family. Someone DM me like, don't forget the NFC gets an extra home game this year. So they would get nine home games in front of his parents. Uh, I'm not but saying I, he's thinking I, that, but it's I love all the, I love all the bullet points. Tom, I know you're thinking about <laughs> staying retired, but it's going to be nine. We get nine home point. games. If we get the number one, you know, number one or two seed, we get a couple home. You know, Tom, this thing yep. could be 
the kids get to be at grandma and grandpa's. I, I saw, I don't know if you saw the, I know you saw the coach K thing. Cause we were texting about it. We we're watching it Saturday, but I saw a quote from coach K. Maybe it was Friday. Maybe it was Saturday where he basic, someone asked about retirement. And he's like, you are not seeing me again. I am retiring. I'm not going to be around here bugging these people. Like that's what you say when you're retiring and you're walking away. You juxtapose that with Tom's comments to Fred Couples, which is like, ah, you know, I spent five weeks with the kids. Like, very different. Go read what Coach K said about retirement and then go reread what Tom said about retirement. And they are two very different things. Understandably so. One of the guys is 44. And how, I mean, Coach K, Coach K has been at Duke since Tom was three years old. So, you know, it's that's part of it. I get it. Uh, but they're very different comments about retirement. Do you think he has the darkest hair for a 75-year-old in the history of 75-year-olds? Hair so dark that I saw uh, Portnoy mistook uh, one of the other assistant coaches for Coach K. One of the I, – I don't I don't know who the – I can't <clears throat> – Yeah, he refused to shave know, the but, yeah. uh, Patrick on the stream. Brady randomly said I came home to see my parents want to sleep in my old room. Come on, Brady. That's not even clever. No, it's not. <laughs> we I, did a big I, video about that last I, week. I, I do expect a, a story to leak this week. No inside information, just just something to keep an eye on. I love it. We will we will be uh, very close to our podcasting equipment. You you uh, give me uh, okay. one minute break. I just need to grab. Yeah, you need some water. I'm still on the water. I can tell. No, I can tell. Go get go get you some uh, high quality H two O. While he does that, let's uh, get to some comments here. Colt McCoy, yeah, Colt McCoy can win, and I think Colt McCoy is an extremely high level guy. I would I actually think Colt McCoy would be a very good fit. Uh, for the 49ers, like Kyle Shanahan, a Texas guy, 35 years old. What's Colt McCoy's current contract status? I like Colt McCoy, John, as a uh, 49er. The thing with uh, the backups guy is they usually a lot of tur- you know they don't one they year signing four year deals. Yeah, they're usually I'd say max two years. Henny's got like that rollover. Like, hey guy, I'll just keep taking minimums. Yeah, I, I would, John. I would sign Colt McCoy. Is he a free agent? Free agent. I. Can't imagine he wants to be. I, I can't imagine being Kyler's backup is a rewarding experience. Um, what would you? Texas would you rather like would, Shanahan? Would you rather sign a backup for about one one and a half than the five six million dollar crew? Yeah, and Colt McCoy's been making one million dollars the last two years. Colt and McCoy just did beat the shit out of you this year, and he beat you. Yeah, I think Colt McCoy's a great idea. He might have, you know, made himself a million bucks or something because he he might have. That game against the from the Niners, you mean two million from the I, Niners? I, I'd give him two million dollars to be the backup. High character guy, everyone likes him. People, friends, he can. He's mobile. I know a guy that knows you know. him. And thinks he's an, a fantastic guy. Yeah. So they are whoever they sign as their backup. I'll guarantee you, his character will be like a twelve out of ten. Be like greatest guy we've ever met. You know, that's their backup's not going to be. You know, he's had questionable past. <laughs> There's going to be none of that. You know, he's he's at first he struggled to become a backup like that. Right. They, the they the they only are reason not going down that road. The only reason Kyle Shanahan's backup calls him at 2 a.m. is to tell him his fifth child's being born. It's not to tell him I've been arrested. Come help. Yeah. Me. There's none. Or or any of this like, you know, when he gets his chance to talk, he'd be like, you know, if just if I ever get the chance, I think I could lead this team. Like, there's going to be none of that crap going on. Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about. Hold on, I got draft audio in my ear. I mean, I had NFL.com open and just videos just flying, just Lance Zerline takes just left and right. Uh, John, let's tell the people. I love Lance. John, let's tell that we all do. Let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number. SleepNumber.com. 
slash ham. That's where you want to go right now to get your seven to nine hours, which is what these sleep experts recommend right now at sleepnumber.com slash ham. Yeah, good quality sleep is important, but so is getting enough sleep, guy. Sleep duration is how long you slept compared to your sleep goal, which should be around, you know, seven out, seven to nine hours. I to me, nine to ten, like the ones I'm if I get good sleep, that what's it called? That REM sleep mm. at like six to seven hours, wake up, hit the ground running, out of my sleep number bed, and I am just ready to dominate. The better you sleep, guy, the more productive you are, the more productive you are the more successful you are, the more successful you are, more money you have, better food you can eat, more stuff you can do with your kids, a bigger house you can have. It, it all just snowballs and snowballs, but it all starts, guy. It all starts literally. We, we all kind of come from the bedroom, you know, indirectly. So it all starts in the bedroom with the sleep number bed. Yeah, it's a good point, John. Uh, whatever it is that makes you happy, the level of happiness is going to be higher with good quality sleep four tips to improve your sleep duration avoid large meals and heavy snacks before sleep oh <laughs> okay so put away that but this is stuff that's good for lifestyle in addition yeah, to sleep is. these things go hand in hand set a quality sleep goal that's healthy and realistic for your lifestyle right so maybe you make hey this week i'm going to sleep 9 p.m every night i want to be in bed try some tart cherry juice for its tryptophan you know that's stuff that's in turkey and melatonin which maybe promotes better and longer sleep and record how long you've slept the sleep number 360 smart bed tracks the total time you sleep and the percentage of your sleep that is restful. So maybe like a little softer mattress like John, whose sleep number is 40 these days. Mine's oh. come down a little from 60. I'm at 55. These are all things that help. I've had multiple people over the last few months tell me, you know, I'm thinking about just I've got job. I got burnout. I'm thinking about quitting my job. I'm like, OK, Um well, I'd say try some sleep. I, these are people that I know will text you back at 1045 at night, too. I say, why don't you start with maybe a 10 p.m. bedtime, 930 p.m. bedtime. Let's start with that. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Yep. Discover special offers for a limited time at your sleep at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep, life-changing sleep. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Other news, John, this is... Oh, you're going to like this story. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, FYI, if teams continue to look for QBs, multiple teams have expressed interest in Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. Not a surprise at all. It's that time of year. Expect the interest to continue to heat up as long as Carr's contract situation remains as it is. Vic Tafer in The Athletic wrote, there's no rush to get something done. One knowledgeable person told me this week, only the media is in a rush. For the time being, I'll add this little non-Derek note, Dave Ziegler will continue to look at the cards in his hand while keeping them close to his Raiders pullover. The fact that he nor McDaniels would say whether Alex Leatherwood is a tackle or a guard is a bad sign to me. Sorry, simply playing a lot of games is not a strength. Anyway, not Derek related, but I thought a good little add-on there from uh, Vic. I agree. I mean, their comments on Leatherwood. Here's where I push back about them like, oh, only the media is making a big deal with this. Not really. You have a quarterback who has been a pretty polarizing guy for years who's going in the last year of his contract, and you're a new administration. I think it's the number one question that would be asked in any market, right? What's up with the quarterback? What's your quarterback situation? You're going to extend him? That was a major question mark with John Gruden. Were they going to replace him? Were they going to replace him? I would say Derek has been the number one talking point for the Raiders for five years running, right? For a long period of time. Yeah. How, I mean, how good he could Yeah, but I'd even like, is he good enough to be a franchise guy that he had the big year, then he gets extended, and then he kind of fell apart, and then he like got his value back, and then it's like, well, can he be a top 10 guy again? 
Is Gruden going to look for his guy? Now, is Josh going to want to coach him? Like, to me, it's a it, it has a lot of merit behind it. But I would say until he's not signed, it is a major question mark. And here's what we know. We talked about it last year when Sando's tears came out about Derek's value. We talked about it forever with Gruden. If they wanted to trade him, they could have got a one. His value right now, given how desperate teams like the Commanders are, I would say at minimum, if the Raiders were open to trading for him, and we know they've gotten calls about trades. That was reported last week that they have been getting calls, trade offers. I think there are probably some standing offers that a couple ones and a two, maybe two ones and two twos, because if Jalen Ramsey's going for two ones and two twos, or two ones and a two, I would say at minimum, Derek's a more valuable player because he's a quarterback, two ones, two twos. When you have those type offers just on the table and you haven't signed a guy, and you know the number on the contract is going to be 40-plus a year, I do think you sit down when you get back to the combine, and it's just less crazy, and you just have meetings. Like, hey, guys, let's just talk out the scenarios on our team, right? Because one of the stories is like, well, Max Crosby, they've already in negotiations with Max Crosby. Of course they are. Just like the Niners were in negotiations with George Kittle before they would be in negotiations with Nick Bosa. Like, you just... You, it's easier to negotiate contracts in the $20, $30, $40 million guarantee range. It's much more... Like, the Rams and Matt Stafford, like, it's going to be some negotiating going back and forth, right? It's right, just part right. of the deal. Or Aaron Donald. Guy, yeah, uh, you give hundred-plus million dollar guarantees. But with T.J. Watt, like, it makes sense. It's, it's easy to do at the end of the day, like... You're ready to do the George Kittle deals. It's just like, is he going to be willing to sign for $30 million guaranteed? Because we are. Uh, so I, I I just think you're having a conversation now. I don't know who you'd replace him with. Someone DM me like, what do you think about a swap? I don't exactly know the compensation, but something that would involve like Kyler Murray, Derek Carr. And I'd say, well, you know, the 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 Cardinals would probably have to get back. You would think like Derek for Kyler straight up wouldn't happen. But I would say Josh's history, like New England, they don't want drama at quarterback. So I would say Derek actually makes a lot more sense for for Josh. But you'd say both guys expect... Now, Kyler is under contract a little bit longer, right? He's going into his fourth year. You have a fifth-year option. Derek is literally has one more year. But in a weird way, Kyler could end up being more expensive because it's one year later, right? I think Kyler and, thinks like at minimum... And there's no discount Josh coming from Kyler. I think he thinks Josh Allen's contract, minimum, right? Yeah. That's the starting point. Yeah. Where Derek, I, you know, could you get him for, could you get him four years, $140 million, so like average 40 a year, but like 110 guaranteed? Or, I, I don't know. You know, I'm just. Well, I do think, I think you're hitting on it, and Russell on the stream is saying it. Like Derek wants to stay. Derek, finding the, finding the replacement if you're going to trade an established quarterback, which is what Carr is is the hard part. Like, all your compensation, all your picks, everything you get is all well and good if you want to start a rebuild. But I I don't think the Raiders want to start a rebuild. Josh McDaniels has already lost one NFL job. Mark Davis has already had an empty stadium for a year in Las Vegas. It's time for them to start. They've had multiple reasons to want to win right now. Well, I saw Josh gave a quote. I don't know if it was the Rich or maybe it was sat down with Florio. And he's right. He's like, I, this is not a rebuilding. They went 10 and they were in the playoffs. Like, we plan on winning. So if you say you plan on winning, which they do, uh, you need a quarterback. But the quarterback, it's it's not a black and white issue because, like, well, do you view this guy as a guy that you're going to give $40 million a year to? Because that's ultimately, right. like, he is, 
you know, the one thing the New England guys, and specifically him, because he's basically spent, you know, give or take 20 years there, they have never had to give a guy top of the market money. Besides, I guess, Tom way back in, you know, part of that book. But even Tom was taking Tom's, pay cuts. Yeah. yeah, it was like, Tom just uh, got extended in 2012 for $67 million. So, so are you comfortable giving a guy... Because I think right now they would give him like a two-year extension for $75 million, right? They would do that in a heartbeat. But it makes no sense for Derek to do that. Un- unless he's just like, hey, just you get some more money, you'll basically make another $100 million over three years, and you just get to work with Josh and go from there. And you can still sign a long-term contract at 30... How old is Derek? 32 years old? 31 years old? You can still sign another contract. What's the but least I, if, amount of money Derek would take? Well, right now, would they sign a contract extension for Derek Carr for two years, forty million, two years, eighty million dollars, guarantee every penny? So basically, this year twenty, so it's like the equivalent of a three-year, hundred million dollar, hundred million dollar deal. Uh boy, I don't know. I think they'd want that number to be thirty-five, right? Could you do three? Well, the Raiders. So is Derek willing to do? Is Josh telling him, hey, this is what Tom always did. Tom always took less so that we could go get Amari Cooper. Tom always took less. Well, when you say three for 100, basically works out to like three for 100. What does that work out to? Like three for, what's three times 30 is 90s? Yeah. But I mean, Derek's Derek's not a $33 million quarterback on the open market. That's the problem. It's a a complicated issue. (laughs) Because it's just, we saw it with Dak Prescott. Like once you start paying 40 million for a guy that's like, the 11th best quarterback, you, you, you feel okay because you can compete, but you're like, we'd like a little more. Yeah. I'd well, even say I don't Stafford's think it's like, well I'd say Stafford guy's right on, he's on the other side, but he's closer to the line than he is like in just no man, in like cruise control, right? Like you feel great with Rodgers, you feel great with Brady, you feel great with Mahomes, you feel great with Josh. Stafford's over the line, but there were, there were a lot of moments with Stafford and maybe he just never looks yeah, back I, now, but let's, I, let's not act like he's some perfect player. No, but I think a lot of this is dependent on where you play. Matthew Stafford's worth more to the Rams than he is worth to the to the Lions. So can Josh is Josh McDaniels a good enough coach that he can make Derek Carr worth more than the rate worth more to the Raiders now than he's been worth to the Raiders before? Right. Well, did you, did John make him that in the last couple of years? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, he helped him. He did help him. Finally, this, he was finally they got him a defense. But they made his like his play far exceeded his twenty million dollar a year salary or whatever, right? Right, right. But it was partly because his salary was so low. Yeah, and it's because he was like, and he oh, was he's a like good a player. He's a thirty two million dollar player, but no one was ever like, God, he's a forty five million dollar player. And I, ultimately, I, these numbers do matter because it's how you build your team. I think the first move is is Josh tries to play the Tom card. This is what Tom did. This is what it took in New England. You're gonna yeah. be well. You're gonna be wealthy. What is it that you want? Do you want to be a Raider for life, like you've said you want? Do you want to win here, be a legend here, lead the Raiders back to glory? That's not gonna. You're not gonna get paid forty million dollars a year to do it. Well, I'd say beside Tom. Well, I'd say beside Tom Brady. I mean, we'd have to do like a deep dive. It doesn't feel like any player in the NFL has done that the last like five years, right? Just be like, oh my god, this guy just took. $8 million less a year than he could have got just because he loves it. Like, that has not happened in the National Football League. No. Especially a quarterback. Especially a quarterback. But, but would gonna... we be saying that if we hadn't, if Derek hadn't been so adamant so many times that this is the only place he wants to play? Well, Derek's made $110 million in his career on the field. I'd say, you know, he's made millions off. I don't know how many millions, but he's, 
he's already he, he even said in that little kid interview he's like I, I i got more money than i even know what to do with right now so it, it is a pitch possible but if i told you that it comes out breaking Derek carr signed a five-year extension averaging 27 million dollars a year don't you think people would be like oh my they just got I'd him to take one even if it, even if that number is fully guaranteed 135 million dollars but t- but Tom Brady took like if you're asking him to do the Brady. That's Brady was taking twenty five million dollars a year ago. I know, I know. I'm not saying take Brady's number. I'm just saying take less than the market would pay you. Well, what's the that, market? That's the difference. What is Derek Carr's market currently right now? Forty four. Uh, like free agent market? Yeah, yeah free I mean, agent market is because I think just his normal contract market is forty million. So if he's well, a free agent, well, if the Commanders or Denver or any of these teams that they could trade for him. He'd be a, a trade and immediately extend, right? Wouldn't that wouldn't that be the trade? Yeah. If, yeah, and part of agreeing, part of them acquiring would be understanding that Derek would sign the contract that they want, that they're willing to, they can agree to a contract, right? Exactly what happened to Khalil Mack, right? When they gave all those picks, they said the moment he comes, move, contracts, boom, done deal. Here's the picks. We get Mack signed deal. He's on our team until we don't want him. Yeah. And what's that? That deal would not be like five for two hundred. It'd be outrageous. Yeah. It'd be shocking to be just $40 million a year, five for 200, which by year five might make him the 10th highest paid quarterback in the league. And and it could be 130, $135 million guaranteed. But the thing would be, he's going to average $40 million a year. And as we've seen with his last contract, for the most part, you play the majority of the seasons at the position. If you don't get hurt, right? If I told you Derek signed a five-year extension, I would expect him to play out the contract. Quarterbacks so make good, money. Extended. Yeah, they make every penny. There's not like Amari, like bro, you either take a pay cut or we're cutting you, we're trading you, <laughs> right? That's where they're. At. That that never happens to quarterbacks. It's like, oh, Matt, we're just stuck with Matt Ryan. He's going to make us forty million dollars. You know, <laughs> if Matt Ryan was a defensive lineman, they'd be like, you take a pay cut or we're sending your ass pink slip. <laughs> And then Matt Ryan's making $4 million to play first and second down. <laughs> you know, it's just not the way it works. Matthew says, do you trust the Raiders to spend whatever savings Derek would let them have smartly? Well, I mean, that's we don't know, right? This is a whole brand new Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniel. I, but that's also like, you know, it's, the NFL's hard, man. I, I think a lot of teams, for the most part, teams get aggressive. Like the Raiders have been aggressive in free agency the last couple of years with Derek's savings, right? They just missed, but they were signing guys left and right. It's like, oh, they signed Yannick Ndokwe. Oh, they signed LaMarcus Joyner. Oh, they signed Corey Littleton. Like, they tried. They just, oh, they signed, uh, what's his name? The dude from, uh, they ended up trading to the to the Patriots, the big defensive tackle that used to be on the Niners. Like, they were signing guys. Kenyon Drake, they signed. Like, they signed a bunch of guys. It just doesn't always work. I, I give them an A for effort. You know, it's m- most teams are not, this isn't baseball, right? It's like, oh, they just pocketed the change. But if right. you look around, most teams do sign. The Cardinals last year, they have Kyler on a rookie deal. What do they do? They went JJ, AJ. I mean, they, they were swinging. I would say if you look around the league, most teams, hell, guy. I mean, as we sit here today, most teams like half the league's way over the cap. You know, most teams are not pocketing the money. Amari Cooper. He a cut? No, but the report is that they're willing to cut him before his contract becomes guaranteed for $20 million. On March 20th. What do you think he so, would net in a trade? $20 million a year with Mark Cooper. Get him for a third-round pick, you think? Um, Yeah. I think someone will trade for him. Because that's pretty clear what they were doing, right? Like, hey, guys, we're just we're going to cut this guy. Anyone want him? 
They're trying yeah, to get either, him off the books. Or trying to get him to, like, do you want to be in Dallas so bad you'd rather restructure and play here than go play somewhere else? But I saw, I read a couple things, like, Amari Cooper, if he had free agency, like, look at the guys that actually had free agency. Amari Cooper, at minimum, would get, like, a three-year, $60 million deal, $45 million guaranteed, right? Yeah. Like, Amari Cooper is a productive player. Now, he leads a little to be desired, but... You know the reason they're cutting him is not because Amari sucks. It's because they're stuck with Zeke's contract, and they yeah. got some. They, Amari Cooper last uh, he had an underwhelming season. He had sixty eight catches. He did have eight touchdowns. Remember he had the touchdown in the playoff game. Like Amari Cooper Amari, starting for every team in the league. Well, it's pretty easy to find places where you go. Even a slight, just a slightly better version of last year's Amari Cooper could be really helpful, right? Indianapolis, I think New England, the Raiders. I would say. What well, I mean, do you think, Josh? Work. You don't think he'd want him? Well, he'd be like, oh, I, I, I have 100% think he'd want him. Yeah, I definitely think he'd want him. Yeah, you could argue. Like, I think it it'd like be, a, it's it a good like match for Derek's skills. Him. I think it's a great like, match for Max Jones' like, skills. Oh my God. I think the Rams absolutely is a possibility, right? Odell, not going to be back for a while. So I assume he'll be back cheap for them at some point. I know they got some cap issues, but like, if they can figure out with Rodgers and Devontae, you don't think the Packers would be interested in him? Seattle, could Seattle figure out a way to get him? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot. I think a, Every good team would be interested in Amari Cooper. Again, for the right price. Like, is he a $25 million player? Could I, can I get him for $14 million? Now, he's been, he's been, he's been tasting the good life for the last couple of years. I know. Right? Making $20 million. Cleveland? He's been good, though. Somebody suggest? Two years ago, he was 92 for, for five touchdowns. Now, the one thing is, you see all these wide receivers at the combine. Like, do I just, like, do I need to pay Amari? Can I just draft a guy? Arizona? Well, if you're going to give Kyler that 150, you know. Um, he would have an – I think Amari Cooper has an enormous market. Football team? He has an enormous market. Commanders? I mean, Bucks. Del Rio's there. Like Godwin, right? He has an enormous market. Amari Cooper will be starting – Would you get a late second for him? You might be able to. For a playoff team, this is – Chiefs? About the Chiefs, Yeah. Seahawks already have DK and Lockett, and then that's it. So, yeah, but yeah, they probably don't need. They probably need somebody a little cheaper. Chargers, yeah. Mike Williams, a free agent. You know, it sucks to be a, a wide receiver, a free agent, and you look up, you're like, DJ's like, it's the fastest group of wide receivers ever. You're like, oh shit, can we just get a shitty group of wide receivers coming in so I can just get paid? Because no. that's what everyone's on their agent. Well, we just might draft a guy. <laughs> just the whole seven on seven team. Just every time you look up. I thought the corners had good hands, John, from the uh, – what do you call that drill? The gauntlet drill? I think it's a gauntlet, yeah. Where you the gauntlet the, drill where you just run. Just boom, 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 boom. The key is how you flip the ball behind. And then every once in a while a guy drops, runs out of bounds, has to like weave through seven cameramen to get back to the field as he cuts up field. Yeah, he like jukes out like the assistant DB coach of the guy in a Jets uniform. He does like a 360 around him, keeps running. To me, the smoothest is when you can catch it. And you don't even drop it. You just do like a smooth, like open your hands and the ball just kind of falls. Yeah. The way Ozzie Smith used to turn double plays, you never, you it's know not who, really you even know a catch. Who by far, who had the smoothest is the dude from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. It's like, whoof, 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 whoof. It's like, it was, guy, it pro- like you agreed those catches would not stand in an NFL game as catches? No, they wouldn't. No. Because he doesn't See, even take a step. Is, like that, that actually pisses me off thinking about it. Like, we know it's a catch. Right in the drill, that's a catch. Like we got three steps and a thing. Like he caught it. Like we know we're watching the guy. He had control of the ball. Anyway, I think I watched the Romo football life today, and there was a whole thing on Dez, and it just pissed me off. It was bullshit. 
But um, question in the stream, do you think Trey Sermon gets the IUK treatment? I mean, I know. Uh, one thing John Lynch said, he's not going to get, he doesn't get opportunities while in the doghouse. Like, at least IU got reps while he was in the doghouse. The, the difference, though, is too, is like you have several wide receivers going out and around. You just, if Elijah Mitchell is just a stud running back, you just ride him like a horse, right? And Traylon Sermon is just a backup. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that running backs get hurt. Kyle Shanahan's running backs get hurt. I, I, I thought John mentioned, I don't know if he said this to who he said this to. He must have said John this in the Lynch, press uh, 49ers GM. That, he thought that Trey just, you know, just, you know, part of the NFL is his vision stuff. It's a little different than college, right? And Trey I think part of what it's like at Ohio State and Oklahoma, you just have some wide open holes. In the NFL, it's a little more like you really got to understand the offense and know when to cut. And there's an element of instincts that, you know, part of the problem too, guys, just Elijah Mitchell looks so good so fast and he just get, he makes you look bad. Right. Well, Trey you didn't have the get- one sweet run. He got KO'd. Yeah, I mean, when when somebody else is taking all the reps, it's hard to make an impression. <laughs> now there are pra- there's practice. Also, here's the other thing: it, it, we expect, and I'm I'm guilty as anybody, all these guys, especially bigger name guys, to hit just hit the ground running. Be like, he got to be ready to roll. It's like you know, not everyone's on the same speed. Never forget, Devontae Adams really wasn't good till his third year. You know, a lot of players, like for every Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, there are Devontae Adams. And this goes for Colton Miller, who I was critical of. You know, now he was injured that first year, but he was not good, and McGlinchey was way better, and obviously yeah, Colton became a much better raw, player. Also viewed as needed more, also viewed as a little more raw coming out. Yeah, some guys, but I, it's just human nature. Like, how many 22, 23-year-olds in any profession are just, like, hitting the ground running? The most talented guys, yeah. I mean, if you get some dude fucking, you know... uh just a venture capitalist firm, you hire a guy, right guy from Harvard, yeah, he might just be able to take over the company in two years. Most guys are going to be swimming, right? And it goes, NFL players are no different. I, I think we hold these guys to such high expectations. And part of it is like a lot of these guys, you know, at bigger programs become so famous. And some of their peers do really hit the ground running. So it really sets a crazy expectation. Like it's part of the reason it's unfair for quarterbacks. Like, you see that Herbert kid? You know, he's just ready to roll. Like, most right. quarterbacks are not ready. Well, every time you say, every time you've got five guys that don't hit the ground running, you have the exception of the rule, and you think maybe, you know, you, you draft expecting the exception. You draft expecting Justin Herbert. And I even the Chargers didn't quite expect Justin Herbert, I don't think. Not that now quickly. The sc- they didn't start the sc- him, by the way. <clears throat> the scary well, they part had is when it, a guy they didn't start it, John. But they had Tyrod Taylor, right? Well, yeah, but if they knew that's what Justin Herbert would be, it'd be insane. Yeah. And sometimes you, you, don't you thought it was crazy even when they didn't know. I thought it was nuts because I didn't think. Yeah, but but but, but you Taylor. didn't even and uh, give you credit. You were right, but you didn't tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think you, you thought Justin Herbert would be that immediately. You just said, let's get this guy in there. It's well, just, and the difference between Herbert had been, he had played so much. Remember? I mean, he started from as a freshman. Like yeah, he he yeah, had so much. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence fell under that. Like, these guys are so experienced. Like, sitting him? What are you sitting him for? This guy's been playing. This guy's played 50 games in his career. You know? Yeah. Trey Lance, I understand. Even Mac Jones, I guess, I mean, he only played a year and a half, but he felt like he'd played seven. I, I, just, I asked someone, I was like, how would you compare Mac Jones to Kenny Pickett? And they're like, Mac Jones... 
college tape was in a different world than Kenny Pickett's. Because, like, Kenny Pickett is widely considered the top quarterback, and he's just, like, to me, historically, before quarterback, when, when do you think quarterback inflation really took off? Five, six years ago? Definitely the beginning of last decade, but I think it took it jumped the shark about mid to mid two thousand tens. What's like this guy top ten pick? I think Kenny Pickett historically, like in the nineties, goes in like the third round. Yeah, I mean, we probably have to trace the big boom and kind of completion percentage and touchdown numbers, right? Where a well, lot was of guys, a year, the, the locker number. ponder year, and then it and then it kind of yeah. slowed down for a couple years, and then it, it it hit like that stretch of like the Goff, Wentz, just all you know that like five straight stretch of just felt like thirty quarterbacks in the first round come in the league over like a five or six year stretch, which historically wasn't really like that, and still a lot of quarterbacks even during that time like it's not like well no quarterbacks went in the second day no I mean a bunch of guys still go in the second and third round. Like Malik Willis is a good example. I would say historically Malik Willis, like a third or fourth round major project, Malik Willis might end up going like pick 28, which to me is insanity. How about the two years before, you're right, the golf Wentz, Paxton Lynch, Christian Hackenberg draft. Although in fairness. Hackenberg was second round pick, right? Yeah. Uh, but in 13, it was EJ Manuel. Mm. Gino, Glennon, maybe the next year, Bortles, Manziel, Bridgewater, Carr, Garoppolo. Then it was Winston, Mariota. That was, those were really the only two guys. And then Golf Wentz, that, that draft I mentioned. Yeah. 18 for sure, right? Where it's Baker and Darnold and Allen and Rosen and Lamar. But as it we turned out, like, were they inflated or wasn't it just a really good draft class <clears throat> other than Rosen? Well, I mean, we've had two of those drafts in the last like three years, right? The one that we just had, and then that one—that's that's, that's ten, 10 quarterbacks. Even in three nineteen span had Lock and Hask uh, had Daniel Jones and Haskins go in the top fifteen picks, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, but also could have just been was anyone else taking Haskins other than football team? Probably not. What was his son knew the guy from high school or something? Yeah, I don't know. I I have to go back and check the invitation to the bowling alley to remember what that situation was for the big watch party. <laughs> I know this. I don't know when. I don't think the ACC bracket's out yet. I can't wait to watch Duke again. I watched you watch the uh, Coach K uh, retirement uh, ceremony. I, I, I full disclosure. I grew up. I really liked Duke growing up. Like I remember third Same. grade. My basketball team was the Blue Devils, and we wore like Duke stuff. Duke is hated by a lot of people, um, which is part of what makes them great for has made them great under Coach K for college basketball. I mean, they were a polarizing brand for. Basically, I mean, he was there for 40. I'd say they were polarizing for 30, right? Is Leitner, because of the players they've had, do you think? I think Leitner, people hated Leitner, and Bobby Hurley maybe too, but people, I think, really hated, hated Leitner. Leitner. He was like a Wojo villain of college basketball. Hit the, they remember they used to well, hit Wojo's the teams field. weren't even that good, I don't think. I know, but I, I think when they hit the thing that bothered everybody. Maybe, but I think, it's, I think Leitner is really what it goes to. And Duke Carolina was just, you picked a side. Like, you picked a side. Duke, yeah, Carolina, Duke. pick a side. Duke. Red Sox, Yankees, pick a side, right? Red Sox. I go back and forth. But, um, yeah, man, his his goodbye was incredible. Telling everybody to shut the hell up. I, I thought his players really – I thought they tightened up in that game. The pressure was on them to send out Coach K, and they did not handle it well. 
Well, they got blown out down the last five minutes. But it was a close game, game, right? It was a close game, but then they got throttled down the stretch. It was a tough situation for him to come out five minutes after getting pounded by North Carolina. I mean, guy, that, that last couple of minutes, they were getting clowned. Dunks, wide open layups. It was like, oh, are they really going to go out like this? Because it wasn't like, well, at least Duke got a last second shot. It was by the end of the game, you're like, oh, it's an eight point game with two minutes left. And then it was like, are they going to lose by 20? And he came out, you could see it in his face. He was seething. He was so mad. I'm like, I don't know. He's at the end of the day, guy, he's a coach. And his team just got punked by their rival. So it, it, part of it was he knows he had to do this. I just, you could see it on his face. Like, I, I don't even know if I could fake it. And he couldn't. And that's why I think he had to get it off his chest. He had to say, he's like, I can't fake sitting here where everyone basically gives me a, you know, a standing reach around here for the next 30 minutes in front of all my former players. And that, I think he got that off his chest. And as it went down, he, he relaxed a little bit. And he eventually when he gave his own team props, it's like, okay, he's, he's come down. I know they don't, he's like, I know they don't feel it right now, but I love him. (laughs) And when he dropped like, Hey guys, look how good we have it. Like, look how special that, that this whole cool. thing is. That was cool. And I thought the ring thing was really pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. How she changed the stone in the army ring to the so it's still the army ring, but it has the blue ring with his with his. He's a good ring, speaker. Like, <laughs> that was sweet. He's a good speaker. I did feel you and I both texted one each other when it happened. Like, we got a great succession plan, and they cut to John Shire, and it's like, oh my God, this guy is about to have the weight of the world on his shoulders. Because every guy, you know the text thread with Trajan Langdon and and Jay Williams and Shane Battier and Carlos Boozer and on and on and on and on and on. Danny well, you think Ferry. That, you think that video that Portnoy retweeted on the coach not? Do you think Coach K today lit up that assistant coach? Like, we don't do that here. Because he did big time. What was that about? Was there a story about what that was about? It was Gottlieb was the one that tweeted it initially. I, I was just mad. I don't know. I mean, they just got punked. Hubert Davis. Did Hubert play at Duke or at Carolina? He played at Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, okay. Carolina. Maybe just maybe just the hate runs deep. Well, I saw Dan Wetzel tweeted this, and everyone freaked out. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, would this be the biggest regular no, season was in North Nolan Carolina Smith? history? Is that who it was? It might be. No. Yeah. No one's I mean, the one no, I, I recognize, but I don't know. I couldn't. I didn't watch the video close enough. Does it get any better than a regular season win, beating a rival, the one of the, the greatest coach arguably in the modern day history, and his last game ever at their home and kind of kicking their ass in front of ninety six of say, his former players? Sorry, did you say while Duke is a top five team? While Duke's a top five team? That's as good oh. of a regular season win as you could yeah, ever. Yeah, if you're have. a Carolina fan, that yeah. is just Did you see that video that went viral the other day? He's like, you know, uh it was this guy, like a TikTok, the guy's like, like anger is so much better than joy. <laughs> He's like, I've got a teacher. The only reason I went to college is because I had a teacher sophomore year that told me I couldn't do it in high school. And I went to college on anger. Like, anger, that survives. It was a joke, but it was funny. But if you're a Carolina fan, I would imagine in a good rivalry, seeing someone else fail is just as good as your own success. So when you get to merge the two, their failure is our our success. That's pretty good i mean yeah that one had to taste pretty sweet and to your point it's in front of all these other people it's like ken jong and jerry seinfeld and uh, i mean a but it's a double f you but even like grand hill leitner jay williams elton brand like all their core guys that have kicked your ass a time or two over it's like a middle finger to them yeah well i did think if you're those guys how mad those former players must be at the current players 
Well, they, you, you guys see, didn't. You, everything we built here, you let them go out like that. Well, there was the they, the video caught them. I think they went down eight. It was probably like two and a half minutes left, and they go to Jay Williams, and he's doing that like call timeout, call timeout, and he just kept letting them play. And then they ended up missing the three, and then it went to ten. It's like, oh my god. Did you think there was going to be some miraculous comeback? You're like, oh, this, they can't go out like this. I don't know. I was not feeling good watching them. Like I didn't feel like they had it in them. And I've watched a lot of Duke Carolina over the years. Like I love, you know, I love Duke. I, I can't express enough. Like I used to love Duke. I used to watch Duke all the time. And it just well, they play, they play three times a week. On yeah, the they're ESPN. always on national TV. <laughs> I mean, it's. What do you think of the uh, programming? You know, they couldn't go to the game right away because Texas Kansas went to overtime. So part of it was like, you know, there was a huge intro. I mean, they had hyped up this game all week long. And then as they're getting close to like switching the game, Texas, Kansas is going late and then it goes into OT. So they had, I don't know. I didn't watch the beginning of the game. I didn't even know what channel, but ESPN fucked up because they weren't ready to do a switch because they couldn't. Gotcha. Honestly, I didn't know. I wasn't, I saw the beginning of the game, but I just had Texas on like mute. I was kind of just waiting for the game. And then by the time I got there, I saw the game was starting, so I didn't really, get, I didn't catch that until I saw some people tweeting about it. Because part it of it, was in the like intro network or something. Well, because in intros they had all the former players line up, yeah, like a ton. Well, of, I saw the know? clip he miles. I'm like, oh, I, in my mind, <clears> until <throat> I saw it on Twitter, I was like, oh, I guess I saw everything. I didn't quite realize that I'd missed it. Honestly, you know, a lot of the big happens Jays all the time in college basketball. Be like two o'clock game, four o'clock game. It's like, guys, this yeah. is gonna run into the each other. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah. It almost someone's always like, happens. Someone's like, you cannot not go to Duke for a 10-loss Texas team. There was a lot of that on like social media. <laughs> Which, you know what? I never understand this. I've said this for a few years now. It's, I never quite get why they don't do it. Like, guys, people are here for the next game. Just tell the people watching the current. But they, ref, they, oh, they maybe they got some research. Like, we are not. Or maybe it's just bad business. Like, we are not going to let people watch you know, basically a whole game and then rip it away from them with a minute left. Like, good luck. Uh, there's a fast break. Hope you can find ACC Network in the next eight seconds. So I get it. I and get you it. might not have the option. It's not like, well, we'll put you on ESPNU. You might have something else right. on there. Right? It's just like a movie theater just cutting cutting out of a movie with the last 30 minutes left. Like, oh, good yeah. luck figuring out if they, if, if, if uh, uh, Neo catches them or whatever. I don't know. What's the, the what's, yeah, it was, but I didn't mean it. I meant Keanu Reeves in the movie where he's got he's just shooting people all the time. There's like no dialogue. Oh, it's just John, John, John Wick, one, two. John Wick. If John Wick is on TV, I click it. At minimum, I'll turn on the TV, click John Wick, and then I start looking for what else I want, right? Uh, John Wick always gets a click from me, at least for a few minutes. I, I agree. All right. On that note, we'll see. As news breaks, Ham is here. Um like the video on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, hit us with an iTunes review in your iTunes review, leave us a question, tell us your favorite bar. That's how you get back into the mailbag. And um, what else, John? Yeah, share, 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 share. We appreciate yeah, word of mouth. Thank you for uh, all of your support as always. Have a great week, everybody. Much love. Godspeed. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.